What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Yala. Your thrice weekly podcast where we talk about the hottest news with a touch of what, Terence? Good old humor. Good old 2024 humor, man. Happy New Year, everyone. Happy yeah. New Year. It was a. It was a. Was it a good rest for 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 you? Uh no, not really. I felt I, f- I felt tired coming back from KL because I was in KL oh, for yeah. the past week. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. For those of you listening, I was in KL for the past week. Came back uh, on Tuesday. Mm. But it was one of those trips where there was like just visiting family and all. Yeah. yeah. So just tiring. And you were stuck in causeway traffic for quite a while. Yeah. Because uh, I managed to convince my wife to take, uh, to try the bus. Yeah. You know, one of those like nicer buses. Mm-hmm. But in the end, the journey back took 10 hours. Why didn't you want to like fly or drive? No, because I've I've took buses as a as a, when I was younger. Uh, so this was more like a return back to memory lane, la. To your memory lane, la. To <laughs> a memory lane, la. <laughs> Imposing your nostalgic. Uh, hey, there's memories. a lot of stuff that I do that goes down her memory lanes. Okay. Oh, okay. Okay. All right. Yes, it's yes, just yes, that maybe she's not here to talk about it. Mm-hmm. So when I talk about it, yes, this was my memory lane, <laughs> and I don't think I'll ever be going back down that memory lane again, yeah, So you see me. I'm still speaking up for the voiceless, even in 2024. <laughs> no, 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 I voiceless, think, yeah. I think I think your wife has. Uh, she's definitely got her own uh, things course. that she does. Yeah, yeah, of course. I just uh, love to shit you, on. Yeah, yeah, I love to shit on your. Love but is shit. it a annual thing for you? Like uh, when spending, I was young, when I was yeah, because I don't remember you spending New Year's Eve in like KL every year or anything. Yeah, like New Year's Eve, no, but. Maybe up till like three, four years ago. Every year, I'll go to KL at least once or twice. Yeah. Because a lot of my mom's family is still there. Mm. Uh, I haven't gone since 2019. So this year, I just figured, oh, you know, there's some people I haven't seen for a long time. Mm-hmm. A few friends were going to be there. And we're like, okay, I'll try something different. Mm. So uh, I think it's still possible to spend New Year's abroad. Mm. But the thing about the New Year's Monday, right? Yeah. I think I feel more strongly against New Year's on Monday than you do. Like. I think you were mm. more strong about Christmas. Christmas, yeah. Uh, for me, New Year's Monday is like, we initially planned to come back on the second, but thank God we came back on the first. Because mm. I think just these few days, there's a lot of people coming back. La. Yeah, yeah. It took 10 hours. La. Yeah, 10 hours. So so it was shag. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, uh, you missed a very, a much more muted, quiet, quieter Singapore. Mm. I think during that period, like, uh, I'm not the only one. La. There were newspaper articles about it. Yeah. And uh, retailers were saying that business was also slower. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's true. Uh, it was quieter in Singapore because of uh, people traveling. Uh, I think the the rain also, you know, muted a lot of the outdoor activities. But the well. thing is, it rains a lot during New Year's in the past also. Correct. Yeah, exactly. Right. So it's quite, it was quite a, uh, quite, yeah, nice feeling. Uh, in the but end. how was your New Year's? Uh, quite tiring also in the sense uh. there was a lot of uh, hosting, get-togethers and, and uh, you yeah, know, meeting of people. But the Monday, the New Year's on Monday wasn't so bad because... It means on New Year's Eve, you know, you you drink, you party, whatever. At least you still have a day to recover before you start work, la. So I, I'm not too, I wasn't too chuffed about that, yeah. The Mondays, the but if, if I guess it still cannot compare to like a Thursday New Year's, la, Oh right? yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the that's best. The best la. That's I the still best. think the midweek, like the midweek is the best. New Year's best. Or Christmas is still the best, like yeah, 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 still yeah, the best. Still the best. About it. Yeah, but, but yeah, like, but you you also caught the 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 National Day party. Mm, mm. Right, the national day party in Singapore. The countdown, lah. The yes, countdown, yes. the countdown. Uh, because if you didn't know, like I think in this year in Japan in Shibuya they cancelled the the countdown. Mm. Eve countdown. So I was, Japan's a, a, an hour ahead of us. So I tuned into a live stream of what the countdown was like on the in the in the streets, 
uh, very muted. Nothing, no mm. big fireworks. A lot of people gathered, but they closed off a lot of roads and things like that. Mm. Uh, Singapore, they had the New Year's Eve countdown, uh, the Media Corp, I think, organizers uh, at the promen- Promontory. Uh, ah, uh, Prom- Marina Prom- Bay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, a lot of people, a lot of local artists performing with foreign artists as well. Mm. Uh, but a bit of a waste, like, I feel, every year when they do it. Why, man? Um, I mean, we, we have the some of the young, bright stars of the Singapore music scene and all that uh, performing. A lot of times at these parties, I feel like uh, they're always playing second fiddle to like, you know, a big guest performer from overseas and all that, right? Mm. Uh, and not trying to say, you know, no foreigners on it, but the, I felt like the local artists didn't get the, you know, the limelight like they should have. La. A lot of them were performing covers of, of uh, older songs, you know, probably to appeal to the masses, so to speak, like that demographic, like, right? Mm. Kylie Minogue songs, the uh, Miley Cyrus songs. I always feel like if there's one day that everybody tunes into TV, uh, there's two days a year, like, right? I think that everybody tunes into TV just for the heck of it. It's mm. National Day and New Year's Eve, like, right? And National Day, I think a lot of local, new local music is is played on local artists are portrayed. But the New Year's Eve party... Yeah, they're local artists, but they're singing all these covers of, of other people's songs, uh, which I felt mm. like uh, quite wasted. Uh, yeah. I didn't know that still happens because I remember a few years ago it, it happened with... Uh, I remember seeing like Aisha Aziz yeah, sing yeah, yeah. Uh, another song. Then, But I, I would, for some reason, I thought it changed uh, because the lineup for this year, there were some very notable people uh, like Jasmine Soko, uh, Fandi. And, yeah, Iman Fandi and all. Yeah. But I didn't know they were singing covers. I don't know yet. Like, like uh, I don't know the full lineup because yeah, I didn't yeah. watch. Yeah, I watched yeah. bits and pieces of uh, it here and there. I mean, uh, definitely the show opened with a local artist singing a cover. Of Miley Cyrus. Miley Cyrus Which yeah. song? Flowers, I think. Yeah. Oh, Flowers? Yeah. yeah. The fuck? Yeah, yeah. For, you know the song, right? I think I know. I think yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, I can yeah. see flowers. That, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, nothing wrong with seeing covers because maybe they like, they. I enjoy hearing their covers once in a while. So it's just yeah. that this is the one day when like normal people actually tune into TV. La. You know, for all those people who like, oh, I don't even watch TV anymore. Just so happens, I think New Year's Eve is the one time that you do it, la, right? Because mm. there's a countdown and you want to have a, a clock synced up and everything, la, right? Yeah. Clock synced up? You mean? As in, if you look at, if you go on live streams and all that, you know, yeah. everyone's timing is, is a lag and stuff like that. Uh, so you just decide, okay, let's follow one particular clock. Let's switch on the TV. Everyone can watch the TV for the countdown and then count down together and all that, right? Oh, okay, yeah, okay. Yeah, that's oh, sync up for the countdown. That is true, uh, if you're mm. celebrating with a group of people. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. But, um, bitter, bitter old rant. Bitter old rant. Done. <laughs> <laughs> what a Welcome way to start Welcome to 2024, man. Yeah, yeah. But like, it is more rainy than I recall, which is, which is, is great. Yeah. Uh, can't complain, right? Uh, can't complain, can't complain. Yeah. But uh, yeah, we're, we're back to the show. Yeah. Right? Covering uh, the news. So, any big, big resolutions for 2024? I uh, wouldn't say resolutions. Mm. But me and my wife, right, we started this thing where we did our own year in review. No? In oh, KL. yeah? Yeah. Because yeah. we started doing it for our own like uh, yeah, uh, yeah. work and all, right? Who who suggested it? Just curious. Okay, I suggested. <laughs> <laughs> 
So before you used the word we, no. we started doing No, this. okay. I suggested, it was a very gentle suggestion and she oh, was totally yeah. up for it. Oh, she was, okay. She was. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sure. I did not have to force or convince or anything. Oh, sure, okay. Yeah, right. so it was actually very useful. And okay, I think okay. yeah, we're going to do more of it in future. Oh, nice, nice. Mutually, yeah. Mutually, mutual, <laughs> mutually agreed upon. Because uh, I saw this TikTok video mm-hmm. and I sent it to her. She's like, hey, this is cool. And she was already doing it for her work. Then I'm like, hey, why don't we do it for our our life? Oh, that was your just suggestion. Uh. No, like, it came out about oh, okay, well, discussing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Organically, <laughs> via a very mutually, a mutual discussion where each of you had enough so, time to air your, what you think. It's true. And so we went to a co-working space, yeah. knowing, Gail. Oh, my God. <laughs> Okay, that was yeah. not not only my suggestion, okay? Sure. It was just to go to a different place outside of like the hotel and all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's useful, dude. No, 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 I'm not doubting the use of it. La. I yeah. just, I just like, it's, I think it's very up your alley, la, right? This kind of thing, like, like following uh, gurus and systems and, and all that kind of thing, la, right? Yeah, but okay, my yeah. wife also is to a certain extent. Uh, that's true. Yeah. That's true. Yeah, she yeah. is a... Yeah. Yoga instructor herself. Yeah, 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 yeah. she is, she is, yeah. So, so I mean, structure, there is... Structure, structure. And also, yeah. like, like just planning the next few years ahead and making yeah. sure we're doing the best with whatever we can and what resources we have. Sure, sure. The only, a, the only thing I would, I would... I mean, so I'm not, yeah, I'm not against mm. couples, you know, checking in and all that. Like. Yeah. The only difference, because I, I, I did read things up myself mm. about, like, how it's good for a husband and wife, even, like, those with kids and all that, you know, it's very easy to fall in the trap of, uh, just parenting, but forgetting that you're a couple and things like that. Yeah. Uh, the only thing I would I would say that I, uh, you know that I thought was a good idea was that uh, people they did this year in review thing, uh, but more in a more romantic setting la. Like they would have a romantic dinner and then they'll talk about it over a nice dinner. Or, so okay. to hear that you guys went to a co-working space, I'm like, wow. No, okay. So I give you the context. We were just there for a couple of hours. Then we went out for lunch. Ah, okay. Then we came okay. back and we went out for coffee. And all. It's yeah, all yeah. that, uh, like, uh, <laughs> It was just a whole fucking day in the co-working space. Like, she's like, oh, okay, yeah, maybe let's go for a nice day out then. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I booked this oh co-working space already. God. I booked this co-working space. <laughs> Listen, to those listening, this is not a one-sided relationship, okay? Uh, definitely not. Uh and but yeah, it was just a yeah, yeah. interesting experience, lah. Yeah, correct. Yeah, it was good. I think we'll do more of it in the future, cause now like I mean, there are certain things we both want and all. Then just planning towards it, we're like, hey, shit, this is useful. Yeah. Uh, got differences also. Oh yeah. Uh, then we have to talk through and all. Lah. Sure, sure. Yeah, but it's good. Interesting. Yeah, it's good. It's good. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But um, yeah. Apart from that, there've been some news happening. Mm. Uh, not so much news. I didn't expect that much big ass news to happen, but we yeah. have a few to talk about. Sure. Uh, but before that, mm. well, what do we always say, Terence? I mean, before that, I was going to also say oh. whether I got any New Year resolutions. I was waiting for you to oh, ask. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but obviously, like very much yeah. in the vein of what we're saying, it was a very one-sided conversation where one person was just talking about him <laughs> and his life and all that. But it wasn't a, a reciprocal. Thank you for pointing that out. Yeah, 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 thank yeah. you for pointing that out. I yeah. apologize for not reciprocating shout the question. Out, shout out to Harish's <laughs> wife. You know, I know how you feel sometimes. But, yeah. Fuck, I can't argue against that. <laughs> Shit. Okay, yeah. Terrence, any resolutions for you? No, I don't believe in you. resolutions. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was my answer. <laughs> but no, nothing like for the new year or anything like that that has become a thing or anything. I think uh, that time we I read a Dilbert book, right? Uh-huh. Like when you set these kind of, a lot of these goals and, and all that for yourself, 
you start off with uh, at a point of failure already, mm-hmm. like, right? And you're you're in the mode of failure already. You've already yeah. failed already yeah. to, to meet your meeting that goal. So he he I think that his what he advocated was systems, like right? Just set a certain system in place and 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 then track it during the year and, mm. and just keep up with it. Make sure it's something that you can keep up for twelve months. Uh, so I, I think if, if anything, one thing that I did last year was I tracked uh, the m- number of times I exercised last year mm. on like physically on a calendar and I crossed out X's and things like that. Mm. Uh, and then it also, I tried to use it to track other aspects of things I was doing also. Mm. Uh, some stayed on, some didn't stay on. Uh, so yeah, that was actually really good for me that at the end of the year, I could review and see, oh, oh really, yeah. literally every month, how many times I exercised and when I fell sick or blah, 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 and I couldn't exercise. Uh, and then, yeah, it's just, uh, it just gives me a, a better insight into like, you know, your, how your mood also is dictated by how, how you feel at any mm. point of time. So I, I probably want to do something like that this year also, try to set up some system where I track something that I'm doing. And, and you chose so to write it, it, not use like an app or something. Like. Yeah, apps just don't work for me. Like. After a while, right. I just get lazy to check an app. But it's like a physical calendar. Then you can see all the time. Yeah, yeah, it's it. just sitting on my desk every day and I can see it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's, so that's cool. So you also got stuff like that. La. No, no, that's why I, I was, I made fun of you at first. Uh, but more, I was probably making fun more of that kind of imbalance <laughs> of like, who came in with this harebrained idea of going to a co-working space? To talk about you know, as a couple, uh, you know, yeah. No, like there are reasons why we chose that. Uh, oh, sure, I don't need sure. to go into it, but <laughs> yeah, like, I can, I can see how that comes across, especially yeah. when I didn't reciprocate the question about uh, New Year's resolutions. Uh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anything yeah, else yeah. to add, Terry? No, 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 that's about all. Your that's plans, all. Sure? That's, you all, sure? that's nothing, all. Nothing. Yeah, actually, we might go into more detail in a further episode, further episode like, right? yeah. about the the more the more comprehensive review of 2023 right? yeah 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 because we did a lot of surveys we did a lot there's a lot of like raps and things like that mm. and that has informed what we feel and think about the podcast mm. in the coming year as well yeah, which yeah, we probably yeah. will share more plans uh, over the next couple of weeks or so right? yeah, yeah yeah most definitely Cool. Okay, so Terence, anything else? Uh, you you good to carry on? I'm, I'm very happy. I'm very yeah, happy. Very, yeah, very, yeah, very I'm very happy, happy with the, okay, okay. Yeah, the reciprocation <laughs> in understanding how I feel. And, and I'm, I, I, I'm happy that you're happy. <laughs> yeah. I'm happy that you're happy. <laughs> so, so before we jump into our our topic, uh, if if you did uh, do enjoy this podcast, if you have yeah. enjoyed this podcast so far, even while listening to this, it'd be great if you could recommend it to one person who may not have heard of us mm. as yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, you follow us on social media, hit the notifications. Uh, we are on Spotify, Apple, basically anywhere you find uh, podcasts and YouTube, Instagram, and TikTok. Yeah, that's right. And, and if you want to work with us, uh, email us, contact at ministryoffunny.com. Uh, but not even just to work. Sometimes some people, maybe they don't use social media. They actually mm. email us with very nice messages telling us, uh, you know how the podcast has been part of their lives in the last year or so. Yeah, and it's really nice for us to read. And uh, yeah, yeah, keep doing that as well. Yeah, man. Mm. All right, cool. On to the first topic, yes. which which I found like uh, I mean the, the news was published was second gen. Mm-hmm. It has to do with our education system. Yeah, uh, and more specifically, a long sit down with uh, our minister for education, Chan Jun Singh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So basically, there was a bunch of articles that came out today. Uh. Mainly, tr- mainly on Straits Times and republish elsewhere. Because yeah. uh, he had a sit-down with the Straits Times team on December 27. Mm. Uh, and there's a bunch of stuff he talked about, but one headline was that, you know, he, he was encouraging the children to be given space to grow and be independent. Mm. Uh, and that, yeah, like, parents need to find a delicate balance between being overly controlling and being completely hands-off. Yeah. 
So, I mean, full disclosure, I'm not a parent. Mm. Uh, uh, hopefully in future at some point. But at this point, I'm not a parent. Yeah. Uh, but I have friends who are parents, mm. like yourself yeah. and other friends. Yeah. Uh, but, but what made you want to talk about this? Uh? Uh, I think it's interesting because it's a new school year for mm. everyone. And uh, there's a lot of anxiety about every every the start of every school year. There's a lot of anxiety for new parents mm. uh, whose kids are entering the the institutions and the system, right? Um, plus, I mean, in recent times, there's also been uh, a lot more debate about mental health in schools, right? You know, with uh, what happened at River Valley, the very sad case of the the murder that happened in River Valley, and the recent conviction and everything. So yeah, I think these things are more in the forefront of what parents and and yeah people observing the industry, the education industry are. I mean, these kind of things are important, lah. And I, I I thought it's well, it's a nice thing that you know at the start of the school year that the parents get to hear directly from the minister himself, lah, talking mm. about some of these issues. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, like, couldn't find the whole interview yeah. uh, anywhere. There's some excerpts online, like quick fire. Mm. Um. But but certain things he spoke about uh, was like um, the challenges and benefits of the full subject-based bending, mm. which mm. is going to be uh, kicked off uh, fully implemented uh, this year. Mm. Um, and then some other stuff. I mean, the, the, main, the main priorities for the Singapore education system. So the for for the mainstream school system to remain relevant and avoid complacency because mm. there was a bunch of tests that were done last year and yeah. the year before that put singapore pretty damn high up uh, in terms of the the global skills when it comes to mathematics science and english mm, mm, mm. i think for the pisa test the program for international student assessment yeah um uh, which assesses english math and science singapore students ranked first Mm. Uh, out of like the whole world um, and the progress in international reading literacy Singapore ranked I think second mm. or first so pretty pretty damn high la. but but one one uh, priority is to not be complacent la. yeah then improve lifelong uh, learning opportunities for adult learners mm. uplift professionalism of special education school educators mm. and oh those those three main things la. yeah but specifically back to this Parent thing about giving the children more space, right? Mm. Mm. Uh, I mean, like, like just, just as a as a neutral party at this point, yeah. I, it feels like one of those that is an. Of course, you want to give your kids space, mm. but is it even possible? Mm. And is it just up to the parents? I don't know. Yeah, uh, I mean, I I think it's, and and the thing is that it's not just a uniquely Singapore problem, mm. right? Uh, I think. People in other countries are experiencing this as well. You know the idea of uh, parents being very overbearing and helicopter parents and and uh, not not tiger tiger mom like in the traditional sense of an Asian tiger mom like right, but just in terms of uh, you know doing too much for their children almost mm. you know where they uh, resolve conflicts for them they go and talk to their teachers on their behalf. And things like that, and uh, I've seen it. I've seen it myself, mm. even in, in in preschool, in preschools also. Uh, and it's not uniquely, it's not a uniquely Singaporean thing. Uh. Oh, you've seen it ab- abroad? No, abroad. I've seen it of uh, you know, like non-Singaporean families oh. that are here as well. Uh, you know, uh-huh. where we, so it's it's not just something that Singaporeans being kiasu or parents being Asian tiger parents or whatever. 
I think it's universally as a generation, I think you're seeing a lot more of that, right? Mm. Where parents are maybe overly uh, involved in a lot of the things that the, the kids do. There's the term, right? The snowplow parent. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Uh, helicopter parenting. Yeah. yeah. I think helicopter was like, okay, you're observing, but the snowplow is like you're clearing life of all obstacles for your kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. right and right. I know it's easier said than done because at this point, I'm like, okay, when even when we do have kids, I want them to be independent. Mm-hmm. I want to be hands-off. But I've also spoken to some friends who have young kids, uh, maybe kids who are older than uh, your child. The one thing that I keep hearing is that everybody starts off like, you know, wanting to be hands-off. But the, the environment in Singapore makes it damn difficult to do that. Mm. Have you felt it also? Yeah, it is very competitive. Just because of like the other parents? Eh? Just, yeah, just because everyone's warning you already, like, years in a, a hit. Mm. You know, oh, you got to do this to set things up for, you know, to make it easier for your child. To mm. get into schools and stuff like that, lah. Yeah. So, so there's a lot of things that are out there that are you know the the pressures, lah. Right. Uh, when you talk to people, hey, even even over New Year's and everything, mm. having friends over and and sharing you know your parenting stories and stuff like that with them. Mm. Uh, yeah, different different challenges, lah. Whether you are rich or you're poor or whatever like that. There's a lot of challenges that coming with parenting in Singapore, lah. So then you think him saying and this is just like why only? Um, I mean, hard to say that's wayang, but he's not. He's not wrong in saying that parents also need to change their mindsets, lah, Right? Because mm. I think it's a. I mean, at the end of the day, it's a it's a vicious cycle, you know. When the parents demand something of of schools, then the schools reinforce it by having instituting it. Like, for example, like you know. Uh, I think I talked about this before where, where I was, my, my understanding was that, you know, sometimes teachers are expected to, for example, uh, have, have uh, be in con- communication with their students even outside of school hours, mm-hmm. you know, whether to answer questions about homework or things like that. And then based on that, they also, they have to monitor students' mental health while at the same time, you know, being the educator and all that. So it's more than just being an educator in the classroom. Uh. There's mm. a lot of other aspects of being a teacher that's out there. And then sometimes, yeah, the parents get upset with the teachers when they don't they do not do that for their children. Uh. Yeah. And uh, I think that's a very, un- that can be quite unreasonable demands on our teachers uh, from parents. Mm. Uh, yeah. And, and even not even in under MOE schools, but under the early childcare early childhood schools as well. Uh, it yeah. doesn't help that there's all these drama of like the childhood abuse. I mean, the, the yeah. childcare abuse and all, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. doesn't help. Uh. I mean, I think on, at least on Reddit, certain parts of the internet, other other forums, there's been a lot of shitting on Chan Chun Singh saying this. Mm. But I think he had, it's good that he's saying these kind of things because, okay, the next thing is what comes out of it but at least this is the start. Mm. At least this is the start. And I mean, even like, uh, and I'm quoting from the article, uh, apparently he even said he once asked a group of parents who came to see him about their children's PSLE scores, mm. um, about wanting to rescore it. Mm. And he said, do your children know that you're coming to see the minister over their scores? If I'm the kid and I know my parents are doing this for me, what kind of value system do you think I will grow up with? Mm. Uh, and I totally think that's the good thing to say. Mm. The only thing is what happens next, I don't know. Like the full... Full base, I mean the sub the subject based bending. Mm. Actually, that sounds like a step in a very good direction, Yeah, it's a much more U.S. Uh, high school kind of 
yeah. way of doing things, right? Yeah, it's a like university, like essentially. Yeah, yeah. Like oh, right. bell rings. You stand up. You go to your next class. Yeah, and you sit down. You don't. You don't f- move around in classes like how how we used to, like, right? Yeah, and sometimes you have time in between, mm-hmm. and you get to meet um uh, people from other backgrounds yeah, and all. Correct. And like my wife actually had that in secondary school. Mm. Back oh, like, like yeah, and she said it was a game changer for her personally yeah. and her friends because certain subjects maybe you just don't have the flair for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh and I mean the the full context of like our education I mean we both did go to what is known as a good school right? yeah, yeah. Uh, for secondary junior college. So so the and it's also a long time ago, so I don't know how this is perceived. I know there's some issues with timetabling, uh, and and all that. But you know, speaking of parents, right? I think mm. there was another stat that came out of the the studies that were done was that uh, less than half of Singapore students say parents ask about their problems in school, mm. which mm. is lower than the OECD average, lah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so so OECD, the Organization for Economic Cooperation and Development. So Singapore scored very high for a lot of other things. Like mm. uh, apparently, for in terms of teachers at their school who are interested in their own well-being, Singapore scored eighty-seven percent compared to the average of seventy-five percent. Yeah, eighty-six um, percent of Singapore students said their teachers give them extra help when needed in most or all mathematics lessons compared to average of seventy percent. But when it came to parents, right? Mm. Uh, yeah, I think only 50% compared to the OECD average of 66%. Mm, so mm, it does mm. feel like the teachers in Singapore are stretched as hell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think Chan Chun Singh points out very specifically, uh, I mean, to quote him, like, it boils down to respect for the teaching prof- profession, right? Mm. Uh, and this is something that he'll always safeguard that teachers are not disrespected. Um, but but that, that's the thing, right? Like how... When you talk about respect and all that, right? How do you show respect for a profession? Right? Clap, uh, clap, clap. Okay, besides yeah, clap. besides that, lah, right? Mm. Uh, I think a lot, a lot of uh, times people have spoken about compensation for yeah. teachers as well, lah, right? Yeah. And uh, you know, I I not sure what the comparison is between compensation for teachers in Singapore versus teachers mm. in other countries, lah, right? Mm. Uh, but one thing we know for sure, teachers in Singapore are not not particularly compensated a lot more than other civil service professions, for example, right? Mm. Uh, and that's quite, um, I mean, uh, it's quite, it's quite, uh, that, that kind of runs against the idea that, you know, not, we we respect our teachers uh, we, and we don't disrespect them, right? Because mm. if the teachers are constantly worrying about their financial situation at home and stuff like that. It's very hard for them to go above and beyond in their day-to-day jobs as well, right? Because mm-hmm. uh, I've heard anecdotal stories of teachers having to, you know, even very simple little things like um, red pens for marking. They actually have to buy those some of those themselves. Uh. Mm-hmm. Those are anecdotal stories. I don't know how true they are. Uh, again, I said, but it's from people who in the teaching profession. Uh, and all the little, little things that they need to uh, engage children, you know, little treats, uh, stickers, and things like that. Also yeah. comes from the teacher's own pocket, lah. Sometimes. Mm. So, I, I was quite shocked that I heard some of these things because I'm like, I, you know, you would think that oh, there has to be a budget for some of these things, right? Because you use them on a daily basis when you engage with your students. Yeah. Uh, but apparently not, lah. And uh, you know, if you ask me, does that disrespect the profession? No, lah. But it would be nice. It would show 
appreciation if they were compensated for these things outside work. Or at least there was like some kind of budget for them to work mm. with to, to do these things. Right? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So like you know, your earlier question, is it just lip service and all that? It's, when I hear very motherhood statements about well, cannot disrespect them or that, and then then that's where I say, okay, then there needs to be the action of like respecting them. The your institution respecting the teachers as well is important, like, which is compensation, uh, you know, treating that treating them fairly as employees as well and things like that. Lo. Yeah. Yeah. Because I mean, just like every teacher I know who's a friend, mm. they 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 work their asses off. Yeah. And it always feels like it's underappreciated. Yeah, yeah. Uh even by society. Because mm. mm. I mean, there's no like, you know, even unfortunately, if you tell people mm. you want to do a teaching career, yeah. Uh, is it seen as like, wow, you know, like he's a I don't know, like a, he or she is a, a like I don't know, a banker mm. or a doctor. Yeah. It's not really seen in that same breath, lah, right? Yeah. Yeah. Which which is so sad because teaching mm. and teachers are so fucking important. Mm. Um, but it's almost like the results they they for them is always going to be long term la. There's no, mm. Mm. and it's hard to see like okay, you increase teachers, you get an immediate ROI mm. and that mm. that makes it hard la, Because there's one thing about them being underappreciated, even mm. on the parent side of things, it's yeah. easy to just say, hey, how come parents never ask their kids yeah. uh, about school? You know? but I can imagine. In Singapore, just the way things are, mm. where everything's getting more expensive, it's so competitive. We're always told that we are a little red dot. Mm. We cannot be complacent. We cannot take our foot off the pedal. Mm. Mm. So then you're going to be working a lot. Yeah. Uh, which means we have less time. And then if you get a, if you, both of you are working, you need help. So it feels mm. like the whole thing is like, wow, there's no way this one thing is going to be fixed like that. Yeah. Yeah. And I honestly don't know whether Singapore can be any different. La. Mm, mm. Uh, whether there'll ever be times where if if say a couple of a parent wants to just take things a bit slower mm, mm. and still have a comfortable life whether it's even an option la. yeah yeah. unfortunately yeah it's always you make your wealth first and then you take things slower yeah, yeah. right yeah so, so that's why it's like oh, like um yeah I, I still, still think that it's good that he's saying these kind of things it's just I don't know whether things are changing la. like uh, we mm. haven't had a teacher on this podcast before yeah, you know, someone who can speak honestly about how things have changed over the years, but wow, they can't, uh, they can't, they can't, uh, yeah, unless they've left, unless they've left and they have their OnlyFans, they they have their own OnlyFans channel. Oh, that's true, uh. that maybe is time, true. Maybe it's time to bring on that. <laughs> that is like true, uh. Uh, um, that is true, but but yeah, you know, uh, as much as we say, yeah, la, that that not much can be done. It's just the system and what is. I think on Reddit, uh. On Reddit, there were some people who were pointing out that, you know, like, yeah, like don't just talk. Like, Close down all tuition centers like China. Talk is cheap, but action will prove that you mean business. Mm. Of course, that's a very, very draconian extreme, like, right? But I think what happened there was when China uh, saw that the, the you know, the private education industry was just almost like booming, booming, going a bit going out of hand, like, right? In terms of like, the, the you know, to, to, to get for someone to have to even get to that level like of uh, getting that tuition or that the kind of prices that people are paying were starting to be astronomical, right? They actually clamped down a lot on that that particular industry, right? Mm. You know, so I mean not a not an apples to apples comparison for sure. But I think uh the idea there is that, yeah, lah, what this commenter was saying is that institutions can make changes, like right, very drastic mm. changes if you really 
uh, want to make changes, like, right? It's not impossible. You know, it's been done elsewhere. Yeah. yeah. But then the flip side uh, of that is that apparently in China there was yeah. a black market for tuition centers. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, so I think in that same thread, because I remember seeing it, also they were pointing out that okay, you can close all this infrastructure, mm. but I mean, if you close down brothels yeah. or if you make like prostitution illegal, there's still always going to be a demand for it. Correct, correct. So then it becomes like to parents, our parents in Singapore are so conditioned that you must have tuition and they'll get it one way or another. Mm. So you're saying it's more the parents' fault than anything. I think they they have a part to play also. Yeah. But it's almost like a collective thing. Mm, 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 mm. Right. It's not just one parent's fault. Yeah. Uh, It's just a collective thing. Because I have heard quite a few of my friends tell me that you start out that way, but when you see your fellow peers do this for their child Mm. as a parent, and correct, like I'm, I'm, a, I'm assuming this is quite universal. Like you yeah. want the best for your child, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So would you kind of sacrifice something when you actually can? Mm-hmm. Would and then it becomes the thing. Like if if you if you don't do it, then your kid loses out. Yeah, very well. right. So I guess the yeah for Chan Chun Singh, I think because he's the minister of education, um, rather than just admonish parents who go overboard, eh, I think it would be you know, uh. Uh, the the reason why people are reacting also is like they're they're thinking that okay his response needs to come more from the institution side of things like right mm. the institutional side of things rather than just telling parents to change their mindset like because that will take generations if any but institutional like, what, like no homework uh I mean I'm not the minister of education so I uh. can't say for for certain like right I I think the small steps the baby steps here are being taken right. Uh, but whether we enough to to change anything significantly in the next five years, ten mm-hmm. years, I don't know. Uh, because I know for a fact that this this helicopter parenting thing, like I mentioned earlier, it's a generational thing. Mm. It's not even a Singapore thing, you know. It's generational. It's across a lot of uh, even expat families that I meet and things like that, right? Mm. Uh, everyone's feeling the same. All parents are feeling that same anxiety of not being able to get their kids into a particular school, you know, in Singapore, it might for them, it might be getting to an international school because mm. costs are astronomical and things like that as well, right? Mm. So there's all this anxiety and what they can do to, you know, try and secure the best they can for their child. Mm. So it's a universal thing and, and um, can Singapore do anything different, right? Can sing or does Singapore, like, you know, the saying now is like Singapore's a price taker, right? We just mm. react to how, what happens around the world. Or can we, you know, can we be uh, first in the world to do something like what POFMA was, for example? You know, mm. we saw that there was something, you know, wrong in the system or how social media companies were were policing free speech, and then boom, POFMA was invented. So, so like a policy, <laughs> yeah. Like that. No, maybe yeah. you know how yeah. now like SingPass is SingPass yeah. only for adults, right? Yeah. Can you imagine there's like a child pass or something like that? Even though that sounds a bit wrong, um, a child junior SingPass junior. Yeah. Where if you want to take a supplementary class on mm, weekends, you yeah. need to use that. Yeah. But the moment it goes over like more than like 10 hours a week, right? Mm, you're like, fuck you. Yeah. Uh, you don't put your kid in any more classes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Give them some free time. Yeah, yeah. It's like trace together. Uh, yeah. Like study together. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Childhood together. together. Yeah, Childhood you, together. Spend, you spend too many hours at the tuition center this week. Yeah, it's time exactly. to be out there. Yeah. Time to be out there. And you cannot go into the tuition center and you just your parents get an alert saying, uh, telling them that you are depriving them of you of their child of your childhood and all that. Yeah, yeah. That would be an institutional change. Yeah. I mean, for me, I, I, like even my kid, like, I, I've been sending him for enrichment stuff, like, mm. right? But I, I've been trying to, I've been leaning towards more 
physical enrichment, you know, whether it's like indoor gyms or uh, even learning martial arts or something like, you know. Yeah. Um, because I feel like all the other academic stuff, like you've got you've got a good twelve to eighteen years, to, you know, to 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 really go intense with that, like, right? Mm. So really, at this very very young age, like just go out there. And, you know, learn to use your body for different things. And I mean, not, not the, the bad stuff, like, obviously, yeah. but, you know, learn martial arts, go and jump around the gym and stuff like that. But on that note, also, I heard from uh, a friend, anecdotally, that, like, um, like uh, there, there are things out there, like, like pools, like, you know, swimming, mm-hmm. swimming pools, right, yeah. for kids. Yeah. But then if, like, a kid poops in it, oh, yes. they have to close down the whole pool yeah, and to. the parents have to pay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I understand. Yes. yes. Because you, for the business, is lost opportunity. But can you imagine, like, as a parent, if your child poops in the, uh, and it's in a few thousand, like, you know, yeah. you have to pay. Yeah. So for the child, so to, it'll be damn stressful. Yes, yes. And but then wait, what's this, what's this to do with? Uh, no, as in, like, all these enrichment classes, also, yeah, even though it's yeah. physical, it's not academic. Yeah. There are so many opportunities for stress. All right, they're, they're not cheap, la. they're not yeah. free. Yeah, not yeah, free. That's for sure. No, yeah. and also, like, I never thought about it. Like in a public pool, right? If yeah. you poop, you, I don't know, you as, you just leave. Uh, like people can't catch you, lah, right? Correct, correct, correct. Yeah. So in one of these like more private pools, then you poop all away, like uh. Correct, but then the onus is on the parent to have a poop diaper or something, lah. Oh yeah, lah. There's waterproof. There's water. Poop diaper, there's yeah, water, waterproof. waterproof diapers. Waterproof so, diaper. Uh, either you really tr- you 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 know uh train your kid to you know be sound off when they need to go to the toilet or you yeah. use a poop diaper la. and some parents choose not to use a poop diaper for whatever reason but the poop, poop diaper is really waterproof waterproof eh? yeah yeah it's meant to be used in the water that will prevent poop from leaking out oh, so it's you, like legit waterproof la. it's legit not not say waterproof uh. but I mean usually poop if if normal poop if you're if a kid's having a stomach don't go swimming la, right obviously <laughs> but if you're pooping normally it'll be a bit more solid, solid you keep it and then you Bring the Continue, kid out of the yeah. water, la, right? Then you they know? need to sound out, la. Yeah, they need to sound out. So I don't think that I, th- I think it's a a matter of being considerate, also, la, right? Uh. Obviously, it's easier to just throw a kid into a pool without anything on, la, right? Yeah. But, but you can make the option. You you have oh, the option bro, of. I heard that. I was like, oh shit. No, yes. no, but uh, to the uh, to your point, yeah, these lessons all cost money, la, yeah, right? They all cost but money. but I, I, what I'm saying is that you can choose between. Sending them for a you know a language class where they get worksheets and homework, versus sending them for a you know a martial arts class, which mm. is is basically just them running around beating a, a beanbag for like half an hour that kind of thing. Mm. Like. They might cost about the same, but you still have a choice of which one you want to send them to, But the martial arts class can help them get into another school, a good school. Exactly, yeah. It probably much less so. Yeah, but it allows them. I think it teaches them a different set of skills, like discipline or mastering your body or knowing knowing the limits of your strength and things like that lah, you know which I, I think are skills that, that yeah we, we you don't definitely don't learn the classroom but that's the tricky part right how to how to make it clear to parents that that's important yeah so, so that's where right. make them watch more USC and all <laughs> no I mean that's the idea of promoting sport as well uh, right sport as a lifestyle as a as a way to you know train your mind and and, and Ment- get yourself mentally in, in position to face the challenges in life. Mm. We've had the privilege of having top performing athletes like Shanti Pereira, uh, you know, Natalie Dow, Nat Dow, and uh, even So Ryong on in the last few months. And there's, there's something universal in that 
it's it's all in their mind, like right? The strength it all starts in the mind, like right? Mm. And and it allows them to go through a lot more, not just sporting challenges, but a lot other challenges in life that they all have gone through, mm. which they have talked about on our podcast and all. And you 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 that it comes from being trained a certain way, like, right? And not just about you know being the best in math or science and things like that, like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think. That but even then, like all three of them have overcome, especially Ruyong and yeah. uh, Shanti overcame a lot. Yeah. That you could argue uh is a result of the Singapore culture towards sports also, right? Towards sports. As in the lack of support, or the lack sporting of culture or the like, challenges like say, the challenges. That were caused by the Yeah. yeah. So yeah. that's why it feels yeah. like everything's related. And whether there's a correction or not from the top, I feel like if we this whole generation of kids and like being like enriched to no end, we don't know how they're going to turn out as adults. Correct. Right? Yeah. Maybe in 15 years, yeah. all of them will grow up and be like, you know what, fuck all this shit. Okay, yeah. and then the change comes then, but then it's become like a pendulum swing. Correct, correct, correct. When these people finally step up and like um, are in positions to to do things differently. Yeah. I think the biggest change for me, like, is the biggest, the starkest difference from our time, right? Uh, remember last time when we were in school and younger and all like skateboarding as an activity mm. was really something, you know, that people did like, you know, in empty spaces and parks and all that. There was no official skateboarding playground or all that. Then, I mean, there's, then there's one, that, that one in Orchard Road, right? The open skate, yeah. the open skate park and all that. Yeah, kids will hang out there, you know, they'll be meet up with, and just lay park with their friends there, that kind mm. of thing, right? But mostly it was... Like skateboarding was that was resigned. I mean, it was was uh niche like niche, niche like extreme yeah. sport that niche. you know people in America or Japan yeah. or what got into. In Singapore, it's really like all oh, young people. But now, if you walk along that same skate park in Orchard on like Saturday mornings, Sunday mornings, you see parents bringing their kids for skateboarding lessons, wearing helmets, padded gear, you know, elbow pads, knee pads, everything, and joining classes of kids learning to skateboard together, right? Mm. So it's just, yeah, it's just become a very institutionalized activity that you can pick up from a very young age under adult supervision and guidance and all that. It's not that you're playing truant or, you know, skipping classes to go skateboard with your friends and all that. Mm. So it really tells you that, yeah, you know, even those things that we in our youth, we looked at like, oh, why do I want to get involved in that subculture, that niche subculture and all that. Now they're institutionalized that people create businesses out of it and parents have found the value in, in putting their kids through this kind of thing. La, you know? But it's not as cool anymore. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's super not cool now. And like, you literally see like a dad walking his kids like, hey, come, come, let's, we're going to be late for class. That we kind of thing. The la. counterculture kind yeah, yeah, yeah. of feel. There's you know? no Trasher magazine, counterculture. Skater boy. And yeah, skater boy. And then Avril Levine wanting to hook up with you and stuff like that. La. Yeah, none of that anymore. Oh, I love it. Yeah, yeah. But, but that's just, I guess that's just moving with the times as well. Moving right? with the times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's probably some new subculture kind of thing. I'm sure. Right? Yeah. Uh, I don't know what yet. But, um, yeah, man. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. you know, I mean, Chan Chun Singh's message to young parents 2024 is lay off. Lay off, man. Yeah. Lay Chill off. Chill the fuck out, man. Chill the fuck out. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah. Cool. Uh, but, yeah, you know, uh, also just talking about uh, unrealistic expectations that people have of of their loved ones. Mm. Uh, there's also another uh, bit of a, you know, let's say flare-up, but something went viral about the expectations that 
this person has for their potential loved one mm. as well, right? Yeah. Uh, and what is this? What are these expectations? Um, it is all centered around a Facebook post mm. by a bride agency uh, in Singapore that basically they're called BNG Vietnamese Bride Marriage Agency, mm. and according to their website, uh, they it was set up to help. Um, you know, singles, bachelors, uh, widows, mm, mm, uh, or anyone find life partners from Vietnam. Mm, mm. Uh, so it is specifically that lah. Yeah. So they posted an ad uh, about a 17-year-old Vietnamese woman mm. uh, uh, who, I mean, the ad basically gives her name, height, weight, education, uh, high school, uh, and then but need to get to know each other for nine months before getting married. Looking mm. for guys below thirty six years old and earning at least four thousand eight hundred dollars. Yeah. Do not believe others when they tell you to lower expectations. Mm. Um. And yeah, marry a Singaporean and have dual income. You will be so much more comfortable with your finances. So it felt like you. They were talking in part to potential suitors as well yeah. as potential brides, lah. Yeah. So a lot of people. Uh, to that post on Hardware Zone, I think got like a thousand plus comments all just shitting on the fact that how can this 17-year-old girl demand that her husband earns at least $4,800 and not Mm-mm. be above 36 years old? Yeah. So, <laughs> what was your first few thoughts that came about when you saw this, uh, Terrence? Uh, actually, I'm curious what you think uh, because it, it, this is an arranged marriage, like essentially, right? Nah, so I'm the in-house uh, arranged marriage expert. Is I it? think uh, you're you're more a bit more familiar with it than I am, like. I, 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 I am, watched, am, I've watched man. a couple of seasons of Indian matchmaking. That's it. Yeah, but this process of matchmaking, like, right? Yeah. What, what? How does this? When you read something like that, how does it feel to you? Is it like, I mean, is is like perfectly normal and everything? Like, I mean, okay. First of all, it? it it what struck me as not the most normal is that I didn't. No, there were bright agencies in Singapore that focus on finding brides from Vietnam. Mm, mm, mm. I always thought that was one of those informal things that yeah. is still frowned upon and yeah. like it's not socially acceptable. Yeah. But literally, the BNG Vietnamese Bride Marriage Agency mm. was started off by someone who has been interviewed uh, by even Mothership before. Mm, mm. Um, so it's this guy called Eric Ko. 2018, he founded it. And he himself also had his, yeah. his own yeah. bride. Uh, Vietnamese bride, like, right? Yeah, he had his own. Correct, he had his own Vietnamese bride through a marriage agent in 2014, mm. which he found less than ideal. And yeah. then he had to navigate through that, and then he found a new wife who is from Vietnam, like. mm. So, so basically, um, he wanted to bring together Singapore men and Vietnamese women who are serious about marriage, and he hopes to do it in a way that is fair to potential Vietnamese brides. Mm. So I was like, oh shit! I didn't even know the services are there or and legal, like. mm. Then the thing you said about arranged marriages, I mean, this one's 17-year-old. 17-year-old is super young, right? Yeah, yeah. But as a, like, for arranged marriages in general, I think I'm, I'm a lot less averse to it than mm. I used to be. Okay. Not for myself, uh, but I've seen people, even cousins I grew up with, mm-hmm. get arranged marriage, mm. and actually, it worked out fine. Yeah, yeah. So in the sense, you are... Closer to it than I am, Because la. I, I am, la, I am, la. I don't have any like, yeah, yeah, uh, I got immediate relatives, yeah, that yeah. Are like that, la. Yeah, yeah, of course, I've seen some cousins be arranged marriage, and it's just the worst thing ever. Of course, yes. Uh, but I've also seen uh positive examples, Because mm, yeah. on the flip side, I've seen love marriages, oh, the most amazing, you know, marriage vows is this, <laughs> yeah. but yet it's just a shit marriage, so like, yeah, then yeah, they get yeah. divorced. Yeah. So, 
I think growing up, I was like, huh? Man, why the hell would anybody do that? So now I see the use. But coming back to this, given that he's a 17-year-old, I'm like, oh, shit, that's young. Mm, mm. Uh, so yeah, so that's overall about it. La. Yeah. Like for yeah. you, after watching all the Indian matchmaking uh, <laughs> episodes? No, so I mean, definitely for me, it was like, yeah, la, a shock that that there, there are these agencies, you know, uh, doing this as well. And that there are such, comes with like very stringent requirements, la, like, uh, like having a salary requirement and an age requirement and things like that. Yeah. Um, but I, I did, you know, read up about this agency and this guy and watch a couple of the videos where he explained uh, his rationale for, for doing some of these things. And um, I mean, on the surface, it, it seems to come from the right place. Mm. You know, he's not, he doesn't pretend like, oh, you know, you're when you're getting married to a Vietnamese bride, like it's entirely like love and everything like right there's a there isn't it comes with an expectation of supporting her and you know your family and potentially even supporting her family as well mm. in Vietnam you know mm. so I've watched a couple of videos where he's talked about it and uh, he's very blunt uh, you know he's very blunt about you know can you can you even afford to you know support a family if you are like earning two thousand dollars in Singapore and things like that like, right mm. So, you know, there'll be people who tell you that, oh, you can't get married in Singapore, just find a foreign bride or something. But it's not realistic. Huh? Mm. And so he just lays it out as it is. And his the reasons why he has all these requirements, like you need to show your pay slip and your show that you're, you know, in regular employment and stuff like that. Because he, yeah, he also doesn't want to set up the couple for failure. Lah. Just take their money and just run with it. Mm. So in some sense, is it a bad thing that they, he's so explicit about about uh, you know the requirements for this person, <coughs> and I guess because it's upfront, it's not illegal, lah, right? Because yeah, it's yeah. still no one's coerced or forced into it, lah, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know. the The one thing is, because uh, they do have a website, right? Mm. Like the title of the mothership article back in twenty twenty one was "You're not here to buy, you're here to marry." Yeah. Says the Singaporean who founded Vietnamese bride agency. Yeah, very noble. Okay, like what you said, you know, he's thinking about the marriage. But if you go to the website, right? Yes. And you go on the profiles mm. and you click on any one of the profiles. Yeah. Uh, so let me click on this one. And there's a quick view button. La. Yeah. Have you seen? No, no, no. What pops up is yes. a light box mm. where it has a name, a picture, an SKU number. <laughs> <laughs> and you can do the quantity. You can choose the quantity. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then the button is contact us to purchase. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. What the fuck, man? Yeah. So this is where I'm like, okay, I get how maybe you just use some e-commerce template for your website or something and you are using the e-commerce store for profiles mm-hmm. and all. But don't have an SKU lah. He's a man in his 60s lah. Yeah. His I know. Technology is really not his, his, his deal. <laughs> but it literally right. says contact us to purchase. Yeah. yeah. And the whole website, the profiles is just like a, a matrix of like different pictures of individuals lah. Mm-hmm. So I, yeah, I'm like, holy shit. I mean, there's testimonials. Uh, the company is registered. He has his registration number there. Mm. And he just feels like, whoa. Yeah. But okay, assuming that this is a legit business, mm. right? Giving a benefit of the doubt, nothing shady. Then what do you think about the request? Uh? For the salary requirement? Uh, uh. Um, like, like I said, like, it's, that it, it, in a way, it, it is a transaction, right? Mm. Uh, I think it's kind of naive to to 
you know, to think that this guy is doing it out of his goodwill. Mm. He's doing matchmaking out of his goodwill and everything. He's also running it as a business. Yeah. And I guess he also doesn't, in some ways, having that salary requirement, it's it just makes things clearer and weeds out those people who are just, you know, trying their luck, right? Yeah. Uh, you rather have these requirements earlier rather than later, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I really tried to watch his videos to get a sense of like what, what he's thinking behind it. And he's not like salesy or anything or like trying to like, you know, voice uh, women onto onto people, anyone who's willing to pay. Mm. He's setting out this criteria so that to ensure that, you know, there's some, some possibility of success for the marriage, like his own, right? Mm. You know, uh, and his story, actually, you read about his story of how and why he decided to, to you know, to get a, a foreign bride, um, he used to be a teacher or he used mm. to work in education or so, you know, talking about schools and all that. Mm. Uh, in, in a relatively senior role within the school, uh, right? A HOD and stuff. So it's not like he's not educated or doesn't, you know, doesn't do his research and things like that. Mm. Uh, so yeah, you, you hear his story and then you hear him, how he talks about, you know, he wants the best for both the the bride and the groom and all. Uh, can't fault him, you know? Yeah. Can't fault them for, for putting up these requirements, uh. Actually, actually, yeah, I also see no issue with the requirements. Mm. I mean, not going into whether the business is something that the world should have and all. Mm. Uh, I mean, if it has resulted in people coming together, you know, having a good life together, yeah, yeah, sure. And putting the requirements, I mean, honestly, right, like anytime you marry someone, you get together with someone, everybody has some idea <laughs> of what you're looking for in a partner, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Maybe it's not that explicit, but, yeah, la, like everybody has some idea the reality of living a life together is there are certain things that are required la, and necessary. Yeah. yeah. And I don't know if anyone thinks it's true love and all that. Love knows no obstacles or whatever stuff. No, la, like I'm not saying yeah. there's no romance. I yeah. think that there is a lot of beauty in love and all. Yeah. But maybe it's just because like you see so many people have all these requirements for partners that are subtle mm. and that's fine. Yeah, it's just being a bit more explicit. Mm, mm. So yeah, I don't, I don't think there's any issue la. Like, but how about do you think about what do you think about her being seventeen years? Oh, old? Oh, that one is weird la, yeah. And I like, think seventeen is damn young la. Because you haven't even finished high school, uh, you know, in Vietnam or that, and and looked at other options uh, yeah. in life. Uh, and you know, I mean, not not saying that it's a death sentence, uh, getting getting to a arranged marriage, but you sort of uproot yourself and you move to Singapore and you have to sort of integrate yourself with a different life, a different person, a different family and everything, mm. a different culture. Uh, yeah, it's tough, lah, right? And, and yeah. will you be able to work in Singapore? That is a question mark as well, lah, right? And I guess 17 also, like, you've only been through school. You haven't been in the, like, like the world outside of school, lah, the yeah. bubble of school. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. So it feels, I mean, whether or not people can uproot and all, like I was just talking to my mom a couple of weeks ago, just understanding her own story again. Mm-hmm. And like, she met my dad once before a wedding. Mm. Yeah. Once! Yeah. And like, How old was she, do you remember? 28. Oh, 28, okay. Yeah, but when I asked her, like, was it common? She said, yeah, last time a lot of people. So it's almost like, everyone's doing it, so it's a bit easier to stomach. It's like, oh, you got a range? Oh yeah, blah, blah. And then you can share, I don't know, tips and tricks and all that yeah. of like living with someone you have barely even know. Yeah. But now I think because it's less common, then it also feels like I mean for a while online dating, meeting mm. through an app was Taboo. not the most common, right? Yeah, but I met yeah. my wife through an app. Yeah. Right. So And I mean I I spent a lot of time last year talking to, you know, older people and 
just asking them like how they met and stuff like that. Like. And mm. I, what one common thing I found is that uh, there's really a sense of things were different back then. Mm. Like really, last time was, it wasn't about, you know, coming together and what are your interests, you know, do can we, are we compatible, oh. you know, uh, or do we, are we better off as friends with benefits or, you know, like, uh-huh. uh, what, what do you call it? Uh, what's a, it's a situation ship. Yeah, nah, situation That's none of that shit. Last time was, it was really just about, oh, I like you, you know. Maybe I really like you. They, don't even, they yeah. might not even say they like each other. <laughs> let's go on a date. Oh, yeah. let's go on a second date. Oh, okay, okay. Let's go on a date. date. Hey, you know, we can get a, we can get a, flat we can go and buy a flat together if we mm. you know, get married they don't even talk about like I love you you want to go steady you want to be my boyfriend girlfriend. none of that shit it's really just life was just I mean courtship was much simpler back then right yeah, yeah, yeah. and in that sense in it, it's kind of like what these agencies are you know are uh, facilitating right that mm. kind of okay you know you are at a phase in life to you know, you want to set up family or that. I also in that phase in life and yeah, like, we come together and just do it, lor. Mm. So it's, it's, it's a throwback to the old days. Throwback uh. to the, throwback I, to I don't the know whether it's a good throwback. All I'm saying is that that's how life used to be. Yeah. And, and and that's why uh, I think older people, when they see how our generation or even people younger than us, how we're dating and how we choose partners and how we do our things, uh, it's, it's very jarring for them or shocking to them that so much thought goes into that whole process. Like, and so much like why do you care about what people think? Why do you care about, you know, all these things that that, that people today care about, like, right? Yeah. And so what if the person got no apps? Yeah. Huh? No so apps, what? Yeah. Can provide? So yeah. what? Yeah. Or what if he, yeah, so what if his social circle is, is, you don't like his friends and all that? Who cares? You know, yeah. it doesn't matter. It's not. So it's in some way, it's similar to education, right? Like last time, when uh, matchmaking was so common, at least in, in like the circles that my parents used to be, be in or yeah. like that generation, it was like, okay, like, everybody's getting matchmade. Now yeah. it sticks out, right? Yeah. So yeah. so with education, you know, we were saying the tuition center things. Last time, I think tuition, if I recall tuition, at least in my primary school, you know, was less common. Like less mm. people had it than didn't have. Yeah. Uh, and that's why if you're having tuition, you stood out and you didn't have, you're like, oh, you're like the same. But when everybody's having tuition, yeah. then you also want to be like, eh, hey, tuition. Yeah. So now yeah. maybe matchmaking is the best way to go, but because everybody sees all these things on TikTok and Instagram about true love and like, oh my God, this is blah, blah, blah. Not to yeah. say I don't believe in true love again, okay? <laughs> I do believe in true love and I love my wife very much. Yeah. Um, um, but it's also sometimes when you over-romanticize things like like work, like, you know, that, yeah, yeah, that yeah. stupid saying, if you find something you love, you'll never work a day in your life. Yeah, yeah, I think it's bullshit. Yeah. Right? And it sets you up for 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 failure like, almost. Yeah. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Sorry. I, was there something discussed in the co-working space? <laughs> 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 no, we just spend uh, hours and hours about how much we love each other and all ah, that. I see, uh, I see. Yeah. yeah, just, but yeah, like, this thing, and people getting angry about it, I'm like, mm. huh, hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I have seen, I mean, the, like the guy's own story, like, right? When yeah. He was, I mean, he was widowed uh, when he was, you know, in his 50s and everything. And I, I think you can read it, but yeah, like, he got very depressed and everything and, couldn't even take care of himself and, and just just was a shell of himself like, after his wife his ex-wife uh, his wife passed like, right? mm. his first wife so in some sense uh, it sounds like he's found happiness through yeah. this process and yeah. should we begrudge this person the happiness of of finding another partner in life you know however it is that he found it I mean you know kids today or these young people today 
we like like you said that we meet our spouses and everything under very circumstances that people in the past would be like ah what the yeah, hell cannot believe yeah cannot believe so let's not judge that way lah right yeah but I would say just update your website lah to yeah, yeah, yeah. to make it a bit more personable <laughs> correct correct yep. don't have SKU numbers please correct correct uh that's right yeah but cool um cool man let's look at the one shot comments because I think you know it's been a while since we looked at the one shot comment mm-hmm. and it's time to just go back to that. Yeah. And just feature what people are saying about yeah. Mokasa. Yeah. Do, do you have yours in front of you? No, not yet. You have yours? Okay, yeah. So so mine is a email that came mm. to us on 1st January. Uh, admittedly, it's from a friend from school, but a friend who I've also come to know is a big fan of the podcast. And because it's email, I won't say the name, but if you're listening and you, you don't know, it's you. Mm. So this friend based in New York, um, and I mean, just, just uh, send an email to Harish, Terrence and Tristan. And uh, yeah, I wanted to say a big thank you for all the content in 2023. Like, and that, like, the podcast has been a lifesaver during the dark days of the pandemic, keeping him entertained, but also connected to Singapore at a time when he couldn't physically return. Mm. And he's almost, I think, uh, he was about to complete every episode in 2023. Mm. Uh, And that, yeah, he also recommended some other podcasts for us to listen to with regards to the Singapore context. Uh, and he looks forward to Yalabad continuing for decades the way we have. Mm. Uh, so yeah, thanks so much for your email. Uh, it's very sweet. Mm. And just, just yeah, like what you said earlier, right? It's yeah. always great to hear messages like this. Yeah. Uh, even more so from from friends. Mm. But yeah, for someone who has listened to every episode in 2023, holy shit, man. Yeah. But yeah, thanks for that. Uh, cool. My one short comment was, I think, a few days, a week plus ago from Entire Reflections 954, mm. who was neither help finding an episode on a specific topic. Mm. And I think specifically, uh, this Reddit user wanted to find the topic of us getting screwed over while starting a company, which pops up during the podcast. Um, and something along the lines of us embarking on some business idea, but it didn't work out in the end. May I know if there have been podcasts talking about that? There's so many episodes, I need some help finding the right one to start listening to. Mm. So, yeah, la, the nice thing is that after that, there's a whole exchange of uh, yellow butt listeners who pointed this this new listener in the right direction mm. and featured the the episodes where we talked about I think they're talking about the hook issue like, yeah, the yeah. liquidation issue so yeah it was just cool that you know so many people jumped in and pointed this person the right way uh, but yeah it's, I thought it was a cool thing that everybody jumped in like that like. but not to steal your thunder but I think that was my one short comment a few episodes oh ago. really <laughs> <laughs> I think like I think I uh, think it might be it might be yeah I yeah, think, yeah I think. but that just shows that how mm. awesome a comment it is like yes it's just, yeah because yeah you know people I think yeah our co- redditors are all coming forward and and helping each other out like helping and, each other yeah. navigate our yeah and maybe it's something that we also should do like more tagging of like oh if you want to find out about uh, uh whatever topic uh like. There can be an easy way to find episodes related to that. Yeah, correct, correct. Yeah. So, Plans for 2024. Yeah, or even figuring out when comments are being, uh, we're re one shocking our comments. Terrence, well. we have a document <laughs> with all our one shock comments. It yeah. was by who? Or it was by who? Uh, Entire Reflections or something like that. Entire Reflections. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
yeah. <laughs> we'll see. Mm. We'll see. Oh yeah, dude. It did. There's my okay. one show comment for episode four seven three. Oh sorry, yeah. Yeah, but it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. Sharing, sharing is caring, man. Sharing is caring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Yes, sir. All right, and your one show thing. Uh yeah. Oh, my one show thing is uh something from the the wrestling world. Mm. Uh, yesterday, I think on at least on the first day of the new year, uh, one of the very big names of the sport returned to wrestling, mm. and that is The Rock. Mm. The Rock made an appearance at the the one of the, the latest episode of the Monday Night Raw, and uh, yeah, it, it's I mean he's the biggest, probably one of the biggest movie stars in the world right now. Mm. To see him back wrestling, you know, I think the last time he came back was many years ago, so it's been a while. Uh, pretty interesting like, because I think the wrestling industry is at a very different place from the last time we saw The Rock in the ring and The Rock himself also he's a very I mean very different uh, yeah, from, he's very different from where he was the last so time so he's back wrestling uh, seems like, like yeah he came out did a promo you know beat up some other dude and actually called out the current WWE champion, like, who happens to be his, I think his cousin or something, who? Roman Reigns. Oh, Roman Reigns. Yeah, yeah, who's been the champion for the longest Shit, time. how so, old is The Rock, man? 50, like 50, mid-50s or something, Fucking I don't know. Hell. But But it's kind of, it's kind of interesting because it does, uh, you know, the appearance of someone like The Rock back in, the, in wrestling kind of throws the whole industry into, into chaos, like, right? Like, who, hmm. like, Will he come back and will he main event WrestleMania and will he, you know, steal the thunder from all the uh, the the newer wrestlers and everything as well? Oh. So uh, a lot of discussion about whether him coming back is necessarily a good thing for oh. for you know where the WWE now because in the larger context, if you allow me, like Vince McMahon has sort of exited WWE. Mm. Like Vince McMahon's the you know the the big boss for many many years, right? Yeah. For various reasons, he sold the company. He also had some old like scandal and things like that. So he's actually not at the reins of the company and Triple H has taken over, like, right? So a lot of people have been excited about what Triple H has been doing with the company and building it up and the roster and everything. So for someone from that, the old era to come back and I mean, someone like The Rock to come back, like what do you do with that, you know? It's like you, Ronaldo going back to Manchester United. Right? Yeah, exactly. Like, is it necessarily, will it end well, you know? That's the kind of thing or we just mm. put the, the entire thing you know, put the entire division on the whole roster on like on hold again, waiting for the rock to, you know, uh leave wrestling one more time. La. Yeah. Mm. So interesting. La. Yeah. Wow. But I will admit as 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 cheesy as the rock's role was and all as lame as all his jokes are and everything, it was quite something to see him back in the ring and You're a fan, like you're a fan, like right? I mean I grew up with this guy and, you know, all the stories of him and watched him being a shitty actor in Hollywood. And then now he's the biggest movie star and persevered his way through and all that. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's really something. Uh, wow, yeah. he's 51. Yeah, he's 51. 51 yeah. Fuck, yeah. if he wrestles, uh, yeah. holy shit. I mean, and he still looks like a monster Check, compared yeah, yeah. to he still uh, looks like, a jet, like yeah. other people in the ring. Uh. Yeah. You know, yeah, the, the funny story is like how when he first started in Hollywood, he actually got smaller. He thought that he should get smaller to try and fit in with oh, is it? what a typical leading man in Hollywood looks like. Uh. Then I think you know, like he did all Tooth Fairy and all this like shitty movies. Then after a while, I think he learned that he had oh, just he leaned into fairy. Yeah, he had to lean into what he was like. He was the fucking rock, like right. Yeah, and he went jack shit bigger than he is now. Like. He recently yeah, appeared yeah. on Joe Rogan, also, right? Yeah, yeah, that's right. I think I think maybe that's where I heard the anecdote from. Right? Yeah, mm. yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, my one shock thing is uh, this one Instagrammer I found because mm. you know on Instagram and TikTok there are a lot of people who do trick shots. Yes, right. Yes. 
but this guy, uh, I think he's um, he's an acrobat by profession, mm. So mm. the trick shots he does, right, are, are very very interesting, Like and quite funny also. Mm. Recently, well, I think there was one that went viral where him and maybe four other of his fellow performers, like the front guy, was holding holding up like what a hula hoop ring, and he threw it backwards, and all five of them managed to jump through it, la. Mm. And like it's quite it's quite amazing the shit he does, but there's always a funny element to it, uh, and there's always something he does that's quite surprising. Like he'll do he'll do a backflip on the on the side of a on on the handrail of a bridge or something like that, mm. but it ends funny. So I think trick shots after a while you just get sick of them. But this guy I I love his content. He his on Instagram is Jacob underscore acrobat. Is it called Jacob underscore acrobat? Acrobat. Okay. Yeah, Where's he from? I think. France, uh, France. Okay. no, Quebecois. I think that's Canadian. Canada. Yeah, yeah, Canadian lah. So, but I think he's a French guy. Uh, French, but I mean French Canadian lah. French Canadian. Yeah, he's Canadian lah. Yeah, Canadian. They speak, they speak French. They speak French. Yeah. Also. But yeah, very very funny trick shots like he does. Mm. Pretty cool. So yeah, so if you just want something braidless to just veg out on, uh, check that out. Mm. Cool man. Cool. First one of the new year. First one of twenty twenty four. First one, and, uh, our interview, our, our podcast that we recorded, Andy Chen, also coming out. Coming out, yeah, so look out for that. Yeah. yeah, man. And thanks everybody for listening. And here's to a uh, to an awesome 2024. Happy New Year.